0: Hi, everyone. Today, I'm going to share with you my reflections on Capital Punishment, the mini-series I did over the past two episodes, and let you know a little bit about how challenging it has been to find people who want to talk about it. Welcome to the Strong and Free podcast, where my goal is to showcase multiple perspectives on the topics and ideas of our time. Regardless of your politics and views, you will find a home here because I simply have no agenda to push. My name is Christopher Balkrin, and let's start the conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Strong and Free Podcast. As always, and those of you that listen to this podcast regularly know this is the time when I plug my website, thestrongandfreepodcast.com. You can find all my episodes there. You can find a bit about me. I'm also updating the reading list series. So, In that section, you'll find all the books that I'm reading right now or I've read over 2021. I'm going to create an Amazon link or book list link so that you can find those. And if you'd like to order them, you can. Um, And also, you can leave me a review on my website. And you can also check me out at applepodcast.com. In both places, you can leave me a review. And as I always say, I have no control over what you say in the reviews and how it gets posted to the website. So whatever you say whether good or bad, it'll get posted to the website. So definitely check me out at thestrongandfreepodcast.com and leave me a review. I would sincerely appreciate it. So I decided to do a series on capital punishment. <laughs> hey Christopher, just do as many controversial topics on your podcast as possible. That'll show them <laughs> Um so the reason I wanted to do a series on capital punishment is because I was really I was really amazed when I read, you know, survey after survey polling individuals across the G7, the G20 about capital punishment and how divided we really are. We're so, we're so divided on the topic. I mean, in, in Canada, fifty one percent of us, I believe, support capital punishment, despite it being abolished. And so you wouldn't think that if you just read and listened to you know the news media. In some ways, you know, sometimes people think of capital punishment as barbarism, as a form of just you know antiquated punishment that we're somehow more civilized that we're beyond it. And of course, there's the oh, the always going to be the issue of whether or not the person who's about to be executed is in fact innocent. And I came across this really fascinating uh, quote um, by Judge Learned Hand. And this was 84 or 5 years ago. Judge, ha- Judge Hand observed that, quote, "...our procedure has been always haunted by the ghost of the innocent man convicted." but posited optimistically, it is an unreal dream. And that just really stuck to me. You know, here's Judge Hand basically saying that we're always going to be haunted by the idea that that person is innocent that we convict. But it's unreal, potentially, to ever think that uh, we could ever fully know if somebody's innocent. I didn't know this, but you know, uh, in many times, to- uh, so, uh, evidence, for example, of criminal proceedings, a lot of the evidence is subjective. It's not necessarily black and white as much as we'd like to believe. I read a book and I'm going to try to find it. I think it's Daniel Kahneman's Noise, which discusses the fact that DNA evidence doesn't necessarily kind of prove anything or that it could be very flawed. Um, Anyways, I found that fascinating. So the reason I decided to do a capital punishment series is because despite what you might think, we're generally really divided on this issue. We're we're not all in agreement that capital punishment should be abolished. And I wanted to do a series, just as I've done on basic income, on tobacco control and climate change and, and gun control. I wanted to do a series, potentially four episodes, um, with two people who are for and two people who are against. I mean, the standard, the standard strong and free podcast series format. And I can't tell you how hard it was. I mean, it was extremely hard to have anyone come on and speak about capital punishment, either for or against. I must have sent out dozens and dozens of emails and and just nothing. Nobody wanted to talk about it. And that, um, you know, definitely caught me by surprise, that's for sure. I may, may have had um, rose-colored glasses on because with basic income and with gun control and with tobacco control, you know, when I would send out emails, people would get back to me very quickly. Um, and, and I can only think of a few people who said no, but in capital punishment, the rejections were just constantly it wasn't even just the silence it was just people saying no i'm i am not comfortable discussing this you know despite the fact that they've written extensively on it they've commented on it they may be part of an organization that specifically deals with capital punishment um so it's a combination of rejections as well as just silence and so i i mean hats off to lindsey van of uh of Justice 360 and former District Attorney Joshua Marquis, who both came on, talked about, in Lindsay's case, what Justice 360 is doing, and in um, uh, Mr. Marquis's case, exactly what his thoughts are on capital punishment. So that was fascinating. And I want to share that with you because this is part of why I do these podcasts, You know, you look at the poll, poll after poll shows we are heavily divided on an issue like capital punishment, and yet it is so hard to get people on talking about the varying aspects of capital punishment. In fact, Mr. Marquis, who's a a proponent of, uh, who's in favor of the death penalty openly and has debated it, I had to find him after doing Google search after Google search after Google search, going 15, 20 pages deep into a Google search to find anyone who would be supportive of capital punishment. I mean, it is is so fascinating that that was the experience, again, despite the fact that we're just divided on this issue. And it's not, you know, it's 2021. You know, these polls were done in 2021 or 2020 or 2019. I mean, it was not done in the 1960s or, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, it was done very recently, Pew Research, others. So that is something that I think all of us should be concerned about. How are we this divided on an issue, yet we can't find anyone to openly discuss it? And it got me thinking a bit. Um, And very similar to abortion, how many times in your own life have you heard somebody who's a lawyer, academic, a judge, someone who is of, you know, high standing in the sense of they've dealt directly or indirectly with capital punishment cases, or with the law more broadly, that defend capital punishment, or see the merits of it? I can't tell you I've ever had that experience. I I don't think I've ever had someone share their support for capital punishment that I would consider as like a thought leader or expert or someone just known in the field of law or criminal justice. I found that, again, fascinating. Like, it's kind of very similar to abortion. Before I spoke to the organizations I spoke to, I had never heard, you know, strong pro-life arguments, and I wonder if that's my own kind of ignorance, because clearly there are people out there, but I'm just not seeking it out. I don't know, but again, I found that fascinating. We're so divided on this issue, it's so hard to find somebody who's willing to come on a podcast and talk about their support for capital punishment, despite the fact that they've written about it, they've done videos, they've done debates, um... It's just, I don't know, it, it was truly fascinating and something that I I took away with uh, from the series that, you know, I go in with genuine curiosity. Um, people just may very well not want to discuss the topic that you want to discuss. And I guess that just, that's fine, I guess. One thing I didn't want to do with Capital Punishment was to get into the weeds too much. You know, it's such a big topic, morality is involved. Uh, you can never truly be sure if somebody's truly innocent. You can only go off, you know, the best best evidence and your interpretation of that evidence or, you know, th- there's a lot there <laughs> and um, it's a big issue and perhaps that's partially why people don't want to talk about capital punishment openly. But I wanted to kind of go down a little thought experiment with you on a very important point that I thought Joshua Marquise raised, which was, Interestingly enough, the pay scale of public defenders, and I believe public prosecutors as well, basically, the pay scale for lawyers in the public sphere is very low, like extremely low in comparison to private practice. So think about it like this. You are, let's just say you complete your first degree in university and then you go on to law school, you get into law school, you accumulate a hundred plus thousand dollars of debt. you come out of law school, And you're articling or doing, uh, you know, work uh, at a firm or for the government. Um, Let's say you're making sixty to seventy k. That's actually quite generous. Um, But let's just say that that's your trajectory. Um, You know, it's it's really hard to make a lot of money in law, and you know, it's it's very challenging, but it's possible. Um, And private practice, I mean, there's there's no limit as to how much lawyers can make. So then you think to yourself, well, I could also do public prosecutions or be a public defender. And yes, that's, that's definitely a possibility, but the pay scale is much lower. Uh, Joshua Marquis mentioned that I think it's like, uh, people who go down private practice make, you know, four times, three, four times what you can make as a public defender or prosecutor. So that's fascinating. So then you think about it. Okay. So then who is, who is willing enough with that mounting student debt to dedicate, you know, years of their career to being a public defender or prosecutor? Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people. Clearly, there are people. But that's just one small example when we're talking about capital punishment cases, uh, a small nuance, I should say, that we should think about. You know, it's fascinating to think, you know, the, the, the level of, uh, and I hate to say quality because that's not what I mean, but my thinking is if you're a lawyer, what incentive is there for you to go down the road of public prosecution or public defending? Like it's not financially lucrative. It's very stressful, especially if you're dealing with a capital punishment case, right? Like there's the, the amount of scrutiny over every small aspect is going to be magnified your work is going to double, triple, quadruple than it normally would. You're probably going to get calls all hours of the night about a capital punishment case. Um, it may very well make international or national news. Um, excuse me. And you're like, yeah, you're you're the public defender. So, and you know what what incentive is there really? And, and of course, I'm, I, I don't mean to be that nefarious about it, but it's a very important nuance because. In his testimony before Senate uh mr Marquise mentioned well why don't why doesn't the government think about like student loan forgiveness or you know increasing salary structure so it's at least competitive with the private i mean it can't be on par probably, but could there be other incentives to help especially younger lawyers choose public law uh and public defense uh sorry public prosecutions and public law and defense um as a career uh, opportunity. And then you think about the consequences in capital punishment cases. And if evidence is misconstrued, if someone's words are misconstrued, if they, if the lawyer didn't you know, do enough digging, and I'm not saying that they don't, but I'm saying that the pay structure just doesn't really truly incentivize enough young lawyers. <clears throat> I hate to say young, but I'm saying this in the context of a lawyer coming out of university. Um, to want to choose that path. So that is something to think about. And I'm not sure how it's done in India or Japan or Saudi Arabia or other countries where the death penalty is um, is active. But if we're not paying public prosecutors and public defenders <clears throat> a comparable wage, what's the, what's the level of engagement we can expect from those lawyers? Another interesting piece I found in the research, um and I brought this up, I think with lindsay uh, Lindsay van um, was that the majority of capital punishment cases in South Carolina actually get overturned because of uh, inadequacies or uh, things that happened in the initial court proceeding for the capital punishment sentence. So I don't know if there's a direct correlation between that. Finding and the fact that public defenders and prosecutors are not paid a competitive salary. But I'd hazard a guess as to potentially that could be part of the reason. um, Because, you know, what incentive are we providing lawyers if the pay scale isn't comparative uh, to private law? I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just so perplexed by that. And that's just one small nuance to the capital punishment debate. You've got public defenders and prosecutors that are not being paid a competitive wage. And in the case of South Carolina, the majority of capital punishment convictions are overturned because of inadequacies in the court findings. Is there a correlation? What could we learn from that to make them more efficient, more better? How can we reduce error? I'm not sure, but I do think incentivizing people through pay could be part of the answer. Um, I think that when it comes to capital punishment, too, uh, we have to be willing on some level, I guess as we are with other cases, um, of error. And, and that's kind of a loaded statement. <laughs> be comfortable with error in capital punishment. I know we're taking that person's life, but be comfortable with it. Um, No, that's not my point. I think what I'm trying to say is, and what Judge Hand said 80-plus years ago, we'll never be certain that somebody is innocent. We'll never completely be certain. Um, And that haunts us. And that's that's a big thing. So I think one thing we can do to further the conversation is, is... strangely eerie as this sounds, be comfortable not knowing with 100% certainty that someone is completely innocent. I just think it's a fallacy because we'll never be 100% certain. So if we give that up and we say to ourselves, instead of being 100% certain, can we be reasonably certain? And can that reason reasonability be high enough for us to say we can't be certain? One hundred percent of the time, but are there instances where we're okay being ninety nine point nine percent certain uh, for capital punishment to happen? I I just wonder sometimes too. We haven't even talked. I haven't even talked about you know the alternative here in Canada. The alternative is life imprisonment, and I don't know. Sometimes I think that's actually a worse sentence. Um, life imprisonment is actually it's a pretty pretty terrible sentence when you think about it. In in South Carolina. Um, lindy and i talked about uh, life with no parole for juvenile offenders is a thing like it is it is happening in south carolina so imagine you're a juvenile and you get life without parole just think about that i mean i can remember doing a lot of stupid things when i was a teenager as i'm sure most all of us could none of them involved death or, or crimes of a substantial nature but I it's not beyond me to think that I could have been around a group of friends that were around a group of friends um that were involved in in petty crime and larceny things like that you know and it's not beyond me to think that I could be around somebody who even carried a weapon um not a direct friend but maybe a friend of a friend or maybe someone I knew um but anyways, the point there is that if, if you're a juvenile and you get life without parole, your whole life is behind bars. I mean, that is just, yeah, that is something else. So I just wonder sometimes why are we not talking about life without parole? Why are we not talking about life sentences? I mean, aren't those pretty bad forms of Punishment? I, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I had the genuine curiosity for it, that's for sure. Um, but I'm kind of disappointed with my series. I wanted to present you with more discussions. I want to present you with more conversations. But clearly, it's a topic that just rarely broached by by people, even those with that deal with capital punishment on a regular basis. There's just an unwillingness to discuss it, maybe because of the complexity Maybe because it's so politically sensitive. Maybe because people are worried about, you know, their words being taken and misconstrued. Maybe because they don't want to talk about it in a public setting, like on YouTube and Spotify. I'm not sure, but I'm going to keep at it. Because where there's this much reluctance and reticence, it tells me that there's a fascinating story or fascinating stories that need to be discussed. And I'm committed to it. So you might not see more Capital Punishment uh, podcasts from me this year. Uh, but next year, I'm excited. I'm excited to keep exploring it because, uh, you know, there's some some way, somehow, there's someone out there that's just dying to speak about Capital Punishment with me. Um, but I'd love to know what you think. So definitely write me uh, at the strongfreepodcast.com. Let me know what you think because... Again, I'm 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 really trying to go in this with uh, as as wide eyed as I possibly can. Um, some housepe- housekeeping, definitely want to continue my read with me series, so definitely check that out. I will uh, keep doing that. Um, and as for the future of topics to uh, explore, you know, I'm go- I'm going to leave that open because. Ah uh, there's some really fascinating conversations I'd like to have very soon to share with you all. Um so I really hope you enjoyed this uh reflections. Um I'm disappointed in my capital punishment series. I don't think it should have it was as comprehensive as I would have liked, but I'm not giving up because if you're divided on capital punishment and not enough people are speaking about it, that means that there's ample opportunity for podcasts galore (laughs) i can't wait to share those with you so stay tuned on capital punishment i will keep on it don't despair that'll do it for me i hope you're enjoying your week definitely check me out at thestrongandfreepodcast.com and i'll catch you in the next one take care everyone Thanks for listening to another episode of the Strong and Free podcast. And remember, this is the place where you can share ideas regardless of your politics and views. So if you have somebody who would be great for this podcast, feel free to reach out. Strong and Free podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or email me at strongandfree2018 at gmail.com. As always, stay balanced, stay informed, continue learning, and I'll catch you in the next one.